For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. The unsurpassed, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rarely met with, even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now I can see and hear it, accept and maintain. May I unfold the meaning of the Tathagata's truth. So good morning, bodhisattvas, Uh, and we are being connected as one practice body, uh, complements of Indra's internet or something like that. I'm just going to make a couple of adjustments to my screen. So welcome to this new world of uh, sitting indoors and sitting in the clouds together. So my name is Hogetsu, and I help out at Ancient Dragon Zen Gate. And today I am sitting in Chicago on the near north side of the city in a Shaolin Kung Fu martial arts studio where we are participating in a one-day meditation retreat uh, in this wonderful space indoors in person with about, I don't know, a dozen or so Dharma companions in person. And all of you, how many ever there are of you uh, in the cloud, you're joining us. So, Thank you for joining our gathering of hearts and minds where we take the backward step and shine the light within, turn awareness towards awareness uh, in hopes of then expanding that light to shine in every corner of our world. Um, So together uh, we form a practice body a single practice body connected in ways we can't even imagine. I'd like to express deep gratitude to the leader of this Shaolin Kung Fu martial arts studio, Paula Lazars, who is sitting with us. I don't know if you can see her 
<laughs> somewhere in here. Let's see, we're in this this space. Um, for providing this floating zendo, allowing ancient dragon zengate to occupy their space and transform it into a place of meditation for the day. Uh, the Chinese martial art of Shaolin Kung Fu is historically associated, probably not so coincidentally, with the founder of our great practice of Zen Buddhism, Bodhidharma. So apparently Bodhidharma resided in a Shaolin temple in China centuries ago. So it's very natural that we are holding our first indoor meditation retreat uh, since we lost our home to the pandemic in this practice place, caring for each other. During the pandemic, we've also had a couple of one-day retreats outdoors hosted by trees and the great earth, and I believe led by my Dharma sister, Asian. Um, and this also accords with our ancient tradition of, in Buddhism of sitting outdoors with trees, under a tree, cared for by trees. This is uh, the practice of Shakyamuni Buddha. Um, since the advent of the pandemic, Ancient Dragon Zen Gate has moved into the clouds, into Zoom space, and this has been a gift in many ways. It brought so many of us together who couldn't be together even before the pandemic due to physical distance. So there is a wonderful unforeseen gift of the pandemic. But today I'd also like to acknowledge the loss. Uh, We relinquished our temple home where for many years we could practice together physically on the north side in kind of a seamless way. And now, like true monks, we're homeless uh, without a fixed abode. Truly a cloud and water Zen community, Zen nomads, living in the clouds and floating along the waters of Chicago. You know, Chicago's a watery place. Uh, it's been kind of drained to put up buildings, but it was kind of a marshy place. And uh, the Native Americans who were stewards of this land also traveled the waters and marshes and were experts in portage. You know, portage is where you encounter an obstacle when you're flowing through the water. And you learn the terrain so you can carry your vehicle to the next uh, opportunity to return to the water and flow. It's an intimacy with the terrain. So we're continuing this tradition of portage (laughs) Uh, in our practice. We had to port a bunch of uh, materials just to create this this temple. to be in this place in this moment, which is temporary and will uh, change and end. Uh, I would like to acknowledge, uh, by the way, that ancient dragon Zen gate, our temple evolved from a group of people who started sitting Zazen 
after being inspired by our great teacher, Tigen, um, and formed a meditation group, and we sat in someone's living room. And I believe it's this Wednesday will be will mark the beginning of the 19th year of us sitting together. So we started in a living room, homeless and temporary, and we continue that tradition. But somehow, we're still here. <laughs> and this is a wondrous thing that's in our history, a sense of resilience um, and lightly holding to uh, to a fixed abode. So today I would like to speak about uh, something that is kind of hard to translate into the cloud. It's a hammer that strikes emptiness. So in we have something called a Han. I don't know if you can see this thing. I don't know how that sounds to you, cloudlings. And I don't know how it sounds to our zendolings. Everybody has a different experience of this instrument. Uh, but I, I want to think of it as this call to come together for practice, come together for awakening, come together to support each other. And this came to me about six months ago. You know, it was kind of the depths of the pandemic. There was like some kind of insurrection happening in the country. There's a lot of confusion about whether vaccine would work or not and who could get it. And, you know, it's just a mess. And I was feeling kind of down and also kind of numb. Just too much. And when I was getting up as I do in the morning to sit zazen, I thought I heard a sound. And I spoke these words out loud. Is that the Han? Is that the Han? I was kind of drowsy and a little panicked. Uh, You know, it's a common thing in a Zen practice place together to be like, is it time for zazen yet? Uh Uh-oh wait a minute, I want another cup of tea. You know, so so there's this sense the Han brings us to some kind of attention. And, you know, I was, I kind of woke up a little out of my numbness and my drowsiness in the morning. And I realized, oh, I'm at home alone. I live alone, alone during a pandemic. And I'm not, I don't appear to be at a temple or monastery. Um, And as you might know, this Han, this wooden board that is struck with a hammer, the sound carries through the community. It keeps time. It's, hung, it's, it's hit in the morning, kind of to call us to Zazen, and it's hit in the evening to kind of say we're going to, to bed now. Um, so it's, it's a way that we keep time. And... It signals some other things, but basically it's saying, calling all bodhisattvas to your cushions, time is now. So just holding this thing up. So it's heavy and it hangs and you take the hammer and you hit it or somebody does. I forget the name of that person, Fukudo maybe. 
Somebody hits that thing. And sometimes people answer with another hit of a Han located in some other direction. So there's this sound that's permeating. And we have to wield a weapon, kind of like the people here, the Kung Fu people, this hammer. You know, this is heavy. Um, But there's this question, is that the Han? And this is sort of a, a question that is present at every moment of our life. What's going on? Am I present? Am I showing up and engaging fully like Zenju advised us? Are we engaging fully in this present moment? Am I responding to the request of right now? Um, Am I in accord with the community? Because the Han brings the community together and it's part of the way that we harmonize. Uh, And even, even like ask each other, there's a very tender aspect to this. Somebody will say, is that the Han? And immediately there's an intimacy of like, oh yeah, um, actually, that was only the first roll down of the Han, which means you have a few more minutes before you have to be on your seat at Zazen. So I don't know if anybody has has asked that question of a friend in the temple. Was that the Han? Because it's, it's wood against wood. So sometimes you're not sure if you really heard it or not, depending on which way the wind is blowing. Um, so it's a wonderful question to ask. And it's also a not just a call to sitting, but it's, it's a way of having an intimacy together. And I want to encourage us to find that intimacy, whether we're in the clouds or uh, parked momentarily here in a physical presence together. Is that the Han? The Han typically has a verse written on it in Zen places. Um, and it's something like, you know, uh, great is the problem of birth and death. Life passes quickly. Another way that this has been discussed or translated, which my Dharma brother Neozon shared with me, is impermanence surrounds us. Be awake at every moment. Don't waste your life. And in some places, I think, maybe I dreamed this, but I think when I sat in some Rinzai temples that during Sashin, they call this verse out loudly, almost in a scary way. That's what I recall, but who knows? (laughs) Could be dreaming. I read, uh, I see that Paul Disco is with us today, and I read that um, in a blog that he said that or somebody said, maybe it was Paul quoting somebody, but says something like, Suzuki Roshi said, the way you translate that verse is don't goof off. (laughs) Which was kind of a a great pithy way. But also to describe that. But also, um, goofing off is a normal human activity. (laughs) You know? We want to just cut a few corners or slack off or sleep in or snooze during Sazen or turn away from difficulty and not engage the current moment. Um, and the Han kind of keeps us honest, you know, kind of breaks it up and says, uh-oh, remind you, I'm here. 
this this kind of sharp sound. It's not melodic and as beautiful as as the bells to some ears. Um, but if you find yourself goofing off, I would also like to remind you uh, that if you miss the Han, Suzuki Roshi also said something kind of interesting. He said, never say too late. <laughs> so even if you think you've missed the Han, maybe you're not too late. You can, maybe you think you're goofing off, but it's never too late to wake up to that and go beyond being a goofball. Or maybe actually you're just like really fully present with being a goofball. Um, the Han can also torture us. You know, if you resist the Han, if you want to sleep late and you hear that Han relentlessly calling you, and you're kind of like, I think I'd just rather stay in my bed than go to Zazen with other people or than care about the world. That, that somehow never feels right to us. So I think the, there's something like a heart resonance the Han has with us. Um, so the sound of the Han is the sound of awakening and the sound of harmonizing with the community, calling everybody together. And I feel that all of us here are called together today in this moment by some kind of mysterious Han. It might not be this physical wooden block, (laughs) this mysterious Han, although our Han is kind of a mystery too that we have here at this studio. It comes to us made by a student of Katagiri Roshi out of red oak that was a felled tree on their property, which was well over 100 years old. It's so heavy, this little piece of wood. But we have this other Han maybe inside of ourselves that's more mysterious. I think of it as our heart beating, you know, um, the thump. Uh, connecting us in a deep way. So we don't have a physical temple that's stable. It's floating around. Um, And we're lucky to have landed in a temple that has a Han that helps us wake up from numbness and come together, call us together. Mike did a beautiful job sounding the Han. Thank you very much, Mike, this morning. I loved the sound of his hammer against the wood. Uh, But there's subtle sounds that we're all responding to that if we settle, maybe we can hear this kind of Han that's inside of our hearts. Uh, On that note, I thought of the Han when I was thinking about Dogen recently and this quote from the self-receiving and self-fulfilling samadhi, this mind state of being fully yourself, which means fully connected to everything in this world, uh, the great earth and all, all human beings without exception. 
I think the Han doesn't discriminate. It will include everyone in its call. So this quote by Dogen, it goes something like this. The Zazen of even one person at one moment imperceptibly accords with all things and fully resonates through all time. Each moment of Zazen is equally wholeness of practice, equally wholeness of realization. This is not only practice while sitting. It is like a hammer striking emptiness. Before and after, its exquisite peel permeates everywhere. How can it be limited to this moment? Know that if all Buddhas of the Ten Directions exert as innumerable, excuse me, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges. So imagine that, all the Buddhas <laughs> in their Shaolin temples, uh, with their as many as there are sands in the Ganges River, or let's say sands in the Mississippi River, all those Buddhas exert their strength and with their wisdom try to measure the merit of one person, Sazen, they won't be able to fully measure it, to fully comprehend it. So this hammer-striking emptiness is the call of the Han. This is your Zazen. We're just like a vibrating Han (laughs) in Zazen. Ah, the call of awakening in each moment, asking us to respond to our lives, to our loves, (laughs) to the earth, to our troubles, to our joys. And that response comes from our deepest truth without holding anything back. The Han does not hold back its sound. So when we hear the sound, we know what to do. We know how to live fully. I think that this is kind of a simple fact, just like we know we like to goof off. But we know our way. Sometimes we don't trust it because we're numb or scared or excited. But it's always, this truth is always with us. And each person manifests their own way in this world. Whether you're floating around in the cloud right now or floating around in the waters of uh, this Shaolin temple together. Um, And we are without hesitation, not getting stuck to anything. This is possible. As a matter of fact, it's going on. Maybe we just don't see it because we're limited like Buddhas. All those Buddhas couldn't quite fully get it. And that's, that's part of why we ask, is that the Han? So our life activity, I think, is just as simple as the sound of wood against wood. It includes everything. And it's also as simple as our heartbeat, as our warm heart is beating. So I just encourage everyone to listen closely, deeply, 
with your bodies, not just with your ears, with your eyes. Listen fully with everything. Um, is that the Han? Is that the Han? So um, I think that's probably enough today in this situation for me. Um, and I think what we'll do is have some time for you to answer or ask your own question. <laughs> is that the Han? Uh, and we can share some practice together. I think the way this will work is those of you who have that option to enter a question or a comment or whatever you offer into your chat box, I think uh, I'll receive some help from someone to respond. Um, And then also maybe then we can intersperse with people's comments here. Try that out. See how it goes. Does that work for people? Can we handle that? Maybe you or I can repeat to the online folks what people on Nintendo are commenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me just expand my view a little. There. Okay. Great. Okay, Bodhisattvas. Speak from your heart. See everyone. Thank you for your talk, Kogetsu. There's something about the Han, and there's something about the sounds of this practice where I know I've practiced before this life. And there's something about that, and I don't mean I, Paula, but there's something in me that experienced practice at different times that go beyond this lifetime. And the Han, for me, resonates with that. So when I hear it, I feel I'm hearing it across time. Sometimes I feel like I'm literally in a monastery, like there's flashes of being in a monastery and the sound being very familiar. So it's, it's such a, a deep, resonating sound for Paula. But I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know if any of you feel that way when you hear it, or the bells or anything like that, but I, I love the feeling. I love it. Um, I don't know if people were able to hear that, but Paula was sharing that the Han resonates with her and it feels very familiar from a place that she doesn't know or remember. Sounds good to me. Uh, 
That's a mystery, but maybe it's always been in your own heart. Ah, Zoe. Actually, you could probably unmute and I can listen to you, but. Okay. Um, thank, uh, that was Paula who just spoke, correct? Uh, can you hear me? Okay. That was Paula who just spoke, correct? Okay. Um, I wanted to thank Paula for that comment. Um, and your, the idea, I guess, of the Han was really helpful for me today. And your, your talk really resonated with me because I've been thinking lately about, and what I was thinking about during Zazen was the awareness of numbness and the awareness of unawareness. And that's something that I've been experiencing um, or have been, it has been in the back of my mind. And I can tell that that numbness and that um, blindness has put it to a spot where I pretend that I can't see it. Um, Cause there was a, a Dharma talk that I listened to um, about you're constantly in a state of awareness and you're aware that you are unaware. And I, um, and I was thinking about that today and I don't have anything else to say really beyond that, but the Han unfortunately um, resonated with a sense of dread (laughs) Um, and I am aware of what I am unaware of. I don't really know where to go from here. Um, but it's always the fact that you have awareness is a step in and of itself. But, um, yeah, getting the, having the, um, the not tactile, but the, the object of the Han was really helpful today. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. So, Zoe, thank you for your beautiful and resonant uh, comment. And, yes, the con can make us a little uncomfortable. uh, And part part of our practice is being uncomfortable with the fact that we don't know what's, that we lack awareness. Uh, And... To enjoy that is as much as we enjoy our belief that we have some awareness. <laughs> like if you think you should be some other place. So the Han is saying you're right in the right place right now. And this moment is calling to you. So uh, I also wanted to just say this waking up from numbness. We're doing this as a culture right now. We've been traumatized by so many things. Uh, And activate ourselves and wake up is really important. And it's a little, a little jarring, you know, like after a bomb explodes and people start cleaning up is when you actually start feeling, you know, if you're in an accident and you're hit, your body kind of goes numb for a while. And when it starts to heal, there's a tenderness. And so 
So you're speaking about a tender quality in our lives, you know, a real heart-opening tender quality, and that's being fully ourselves. So uh, the dread is okay. It's all fine. But the important thing is that we're open to it and uh, spacious with it. And if we're not spacious with it, being spacious with not being spacious. <laughs> uh, that's not being caught, you know, in the Song of the Grass Hut, not caught to inside, outside, or in between. Uh, and this is, uh, this is that Han. Actually, on this Han, which Paula wrote on, it, it says something interesting. It's a different verse. It says, it's now or never. Just say yes. So, uh, so yes to dread, yes to awakening, yes to awareness of not being awakened, uh, yes to whatever your heartbeat is generating at that moment. So thank you so much, Zoe. Wish I had extra So... Uh, so we have, oh, I think you need to mute your speak. Okay. So we have two comments from the chat. Mm-hmm. The first, the first is from Deborah Callahan, who says, uh, the sound of the Han, I fall away an opening, a connection, an alertness and readiness time for Zazen. Thank you, Hogetsu for your talk with bows. And, uh, Asian says, I loved what you said about our own heartbeat as the sound of a Han, and I'm thinking about our human longing for a response from other humans, from Avalokiteshvara, from other sources. I wondered if the Han symbolizes this in some way, the call of the Han. Wow. Thank you, Dylan, for sharing that. Uh, both Deborah and Aishan, uh So we long for some response. But it's always there. This is the deepest depths of practice. As long as our hearts beat. I don't know what happens after our hearts stop beating. Um, And what don't octopuses have multiple hearts, four hearts or something, you know. So there's, there's this constant resonance. I'm sure there's some kind of equivalent of a heartbeat in a, a virus, in fungi, in stones and trees. There's heartwood in trees, must beat, pulses. Um, it's always there. I think our practice just helps us uh, respond uh, to that and feel the support of that. But there is, there is uh, something deep that we want to manifest at all times. And we know that sometimes we're not aware of it, which is fine. But uh, I don't know. I could say a lot more about that, but I wish I were interacting uh, personally. So, uh, could uh, Dylan, could you repeat those comments again, please? 
in the chat box because I don't have it in my screen and they really were striking. Yeah. Uh, Deborah, Deborah says the sound of the Han, I in quotes, fall away an opening, a connecting, uh, an alertness and readiness time for Zazen. Thank you. Hogetsu for your talk with bows. And then Asian says, I loved what you said about our own heartbeat as the sound of a Han. And I'm thinking about our human longing for a response from other humans, from Avalokiteshvara, or from other sources. I wondered if the Han symbolizes this in some way, the call of the Han. And then Asian just added a new one. That's so great, Hogetsu. The rhythm of life. I'm sitting in the midst of locusts today and hearing the patterns of their sounds rising and falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like Deborah spontaneously like wrote a poem to Zazen and to the Han while listening to this talk and Asians doing the same thing. So we're all uh, riffing with the Han on the Han in our hearts. And uh, it's nice to be sitting with you, Asian, and the locusts. <laughs> so thank you very much. Oh, Brian. Uh, thank you very much. I, I'm, I've always been tuned into sound, and I love <laughs> what you were saying about the Han. It made me think about living in the city and the various towns around us, and how um, when there's a siren, often I will um, <laughs> think about who's in that, who's driving, and what they're going to do when they get there, or who they've got in the back what's going on with that person mm-hmm. and how they are uh, and, and the sacrifice involved and all kinds of things that go around that. Just, I feel connected. And, and I also live on a street corner where there's it's a four-way stop and it's not always clear who's going to yield to the other. And so sometimes there's a screech of tires out, horn honking and somebody's swearing. And I, that somehow that does it for me too um, in terms of what What's going on with that person? How are they? Um, and and I, there's a connection for me. So I, I thought about the sounds of the city mm-hmm. as, as various common sounds bringing me back to awareness. So thank you. Thank you, Brian. I don't know if everyone heard this, but Brian was talking about how he hears the Han in the sounds of the city like a siren uh, of an ambulance maybe even a fire engine, but he wonders who's inside, what's happening, you know, or screech of tires. So these can be sort of, they slightly jar us out of numbness and out of separation, actually, and bring us into community. And this vast universe, you know, it's so intense and broad and uh, too much for our little tiny human anatomy to deal with sometimes. And so practice helps us relax with all that and find our place in this world of the myriad things coming forth. Uh, and returning us to our hearts. You know, I'm aware that so many people in this room and probably elsewhere out there in the um, zoom space are musicians or love music and love sound 
And, you know, sometimes the sound of the Han can be kind of harsh or the sounds in our lives. We can be, especially people who are musicians, you know, they're like, ooh, that's off, you know, and we want to reject sound or the siren. Ah, I don't like that. But actually, when you open to it, there's, there is this beauty of this rhythm, as Asian said, this rhythm that's permeating our lives. And maybe that's part of the river that we're uh, traversing as our zendo and as we float around this world, that an obstacle is, not, is, is rejecting a sound or rejecting an experience or rejecting an object of the senses as somehow less than or another human as somehow less than. And then the Han reminds us to open up and listen to the sirens and have just a second of compassion for someone who could be uh, injured or hurtful or inattentive and not reject anything. So, uh, Brian, thank you for that teaching of not rejecting anything and of tuning our hearts to that. Thank you, Brian. So I want to thank everyone. And maybe this is a time for us to return to the next event of our lives and remembering the Han is always with us and uh, I think we'll do do we do the four bodhisattva vows and then I'm going to do four vows so I'm going to disappear from the screen in a second and return uh, this situation to Dylan and he'll have announcements after I do my bowing at the mat and we're chanting the four bodhisattva vows. Um, so thank you for sharing in this new way of being together and creating our temple without even a blade of grass, but maybe a piece of wood helped us this time. So, um, Beings are numberless. Beings are numberless. I bow to freedom. Delusions are inexhaustible. I bow to freedom. Dharma gates are boundless. I bow to it Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I bow to realize it. Soul, I am 